The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike, and joining us from the Pop Insider, if I can remember her title right, it's Associate Editor. Yes, yes that's correct. <laughs> and that voice right there, you have heard it before over on Wookiee Radio. Uh, not only is she Associate Editor of um, the Pop Insider, or a Associate and Associate Editor, she is also the president of the Build-A-Bear Baby Yoda fan club. I really, yes, <laughs> proudly wear that title, very and, proudly. And that voice is Madeline Buckley. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Good. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure. Derek, it's so quiet over there. Just, just waiting my turn. Well, I, I put it up there. <laughs> I will say uh, I was happy that I finally... Yesterday, I finally got to have a haircut, so I was pretty happy about that. I we I own a pair of clippers, so I usually do my own since I take it so short anyway. <laughs> Makes it really easy. <laughs> um, so we brought Madeline on because uh, part of our arrangement with the Pop Insider is we bring someone on every couple months. Uh, so guaranteed you're going to hear someone from Pop Insider or Toy Insider or Toy Box on one of the three shows uh, six times a year. So um, so the Toy Fair episodes don't count. Um, now it does. Um, and it's been, I mean, you guys have been working from home for how long now? Quite some time. We, I actually... We started a partial work from home in early March. Um, I actually had checked in for my flight for Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, I was heading out there a little bit early, and I literally the moment before I was supposed to leave, I, I backed out and decided to stay. And right after that is when things really started shutting down. Uh, and we permanently moved to work from home later that month, and we've we've been doing so since. And some of us are pretty scattered. I'm yeah. down out of the city. A couple of us are. So it's it's been different for sure. I know I've been home since March 16th. Yeah. So um, it's almost three months now for me. Four months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Something like that. The day I, It's my weekend and I'm still waiting for it to end. Um, 
So mm. because of all this, this is really messed with the industry, uh, even messed with conventions, oh, yeah. um, messed with people's tempers, <laughs> which we'll get into that a little later. Uh, so yeah. speaking of the virus that shall remain nameless, uh, hence we take that from Harry Potter. Um, how has chicken pox, polio, measles, smallpox, measles, uh, measles, portfolio. I mean, polio. Uh, <laughs> how has this affected the toy and collectible industry? Profoundly is, is the short answer. Absolutely. But I think, you know, you got to look at it in the broader scope, right? This has impacted the entire fandom geek industry, uh, every corner of it from movie releases not happening and conventions not happening and production being delayed and shipping being delayed. Uh, and on the industry side of things, that messes up licensing schedules and it truly impacts every corner. And, you know, obviously when you're talking collectibles or comic books, it doesn't seem, you know, very life or death. But when we're talking into the real deep into the economy of what fandom culture is, there's a lot of individual right. creators who are really impacted by this. A lot of small fandom companies that make all their business at fan conventions that are really struggling from this. Um, independent comic book stores are really struggling right now. Uh, so when you get down into the weeds of it, there's, there's, you know, a very substantial impact. And I think in terms of licensing, we're going to see this continue to be an impact. We're already seeing disjoint in products coming out for movies that are now coming out a year from now. And mm. so there's just, there's so much impact there financially, but then also on the flip side, we're seeing a few sectors, puzzles, video games who are fiscally speaking, doing quite well right now. Uh, as people are staying at home and choosing those activities and, and using the dollars that they're able to use uh, to find at-home entertainment, and they're finding that in puzzles and video games. So they are doing quite well right now, again, fiscally. Actually, now that you mention it, that brought, that brought a couple of things to mind. Number one, I also got to finally go to my local comic book store today for the first time in like two months, but there's not really anything new. Mm -hmm. um, so I got to catch up on my back my backlog a little bit yeah. um and, I mean, uh, th there are some new uh, books out because uh marvel started like last week of may after memorial day yeah but, but nothing it, i want to pick up but everything's been limited because there has been right. quite a bit yeah. of stuff and then you got dc just going on their own and saying yeah we could do a forget, whole podcast yeah. episode about that just yeah, forget, forget Diamond. And from what I'm hearing, that's potentially hurting DC quite a bit. But Marvel's looking at it as a potential avenue as well. So, yeah, and, and there's been a lot of backlash about it, too. And uh, there's been a lot of conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, truly. I, I it's supposed to the other we... thing. I Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just going to say there's just so many small facets of of how this has impacted every corner of the industry that we could truly talk about this for, for hours and still yeah. not yeah. manage to scratch the surface. It's, it's really yeah. interesting as someone who covers the industry, just seeing each new thing that pops up, that is a direct consequence of everything that's happening with, uh, with the efforts to stop the spread. Hey, looky there. It's four o'clock in the morning. Oh wait. never mind. <laughs> <laughs> And the, the other thing that came to mind when you when you were speaking a moment ago is I went into – actually, I went into my local Walmart today 
and you know, I like to peruse the uh, the toy aisles. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, just because I like toys. Okay, um, but, <laughs> um, but I I went through the Lego section and the puzzle section, and both of those are just cleaned out. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that was left with the things people don't want. <laughs> don't run away from your feelings. See, I I could go to my Target and my Walmart, and, and there's still quite a bit of Lego sets there. Uh, I haven't gone down the puzzle aisle or, or checked the puzzle aisle, uh, only because, well, the, the one thing I would get from the puzzle or games, I'm going to have to order online from Target, and that's that uh, the monster cereal game based on the... Uh, General Mills, oh, yeah. which we talked about a while ago. I, I'm still looking for that game. I still want to get it. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess since it has been big news in the last week, uh, and I'll use Derek as that segue. Let's talk Lego for a moment. Sure. Um, sure. They have been. I feel so used. I, I still won't call you Zod. So <laughs> uh, the at the beginning of this. They, I mean, even the website, things were back ordered for weeks because mm-hmm. they couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we got something for my daughter for Easter, uh, one of the DOS bracelets, and it was back ordered for almost a month. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when it came time, they still didn't have it. And they, they just turned around and said, sorry, here's your money back. It's going to be a while before. I ended up finding it by chance at a Michael's. Wow. And it just how I ended up getting it here because I found it at Michael's across town. Uh, I did not know Michael's doesn't do store to store delivery. But the the lady I talked to or the manager I talked to happened to be on this side of town and dropped it off at my Michael's, which is less than a half mile from the house. For, for me to pick up. I'm like, okay, that works. <laughs> um, happy for that. Uh, so she got it. She loves it. Um, and we could talk about dots near the end of the show, but uh, my daughter loves the dots system. I, I ended up being a, yeah. a great thing. But yeah, That was a Toy Fair launch. It's really unique, yeah. But with the, um, with the pandemic, everything Lego... I mean, I I was seeing people go, when am I getting my stuff? When am I getting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially on the Lego Star Wars pages I'm on on Facebook. They they saw a pretty good jump in, in sales. Yes? Yeah, so that's what I mean in that, you know, some businesses are you know, seeing gains if their product is the right kind of product. But at the same time, like you were saying, there's also the issues of shipment delays and supply chain so back in February, our whole conversation around this pandemic uh, at Toy Fair time, when it hadn't reached pandemic status yet, uh, wasn't really you know something that we were concerned about domestically. It supply chain was the conversation at Toy Fair. It was like our samples can't get here, our product's going to be delayed um, because you know a lot of toys coming from China, and at the time that's where things were shut down. Um, and so we are obviously still oh, seeing that yeah. supply chain disruption, but we're also seeing the effects of businesses being shut down, employees working right. from home. And so it's just even compounded on that supply chain issue, which we well, saw I, as the original concern. I know with uh, a lot of sporting goods equipment that's made over there, like hockey equipment, uh, sticks, and whatnot, a lot of it came from the region where all this started from, mm-hmm. the Wuhan mm-hmm. region. Uh, and I know there's quite a bit of uh, toy manufacturing in that region as well. Right, exactly. So I think that's, you know, another aspect of this whole thing is that we're going to just going to have to wait and see. Obviously, you know, in some ways they're they've started reopening. Um, So I just think 
everyone's had to be a little more flexible with their plans. I think that's kind of a, a big takeaway here. I think, you know, one example we haven't touched on yet is con exclusives. That's a whole uh, interesting topic. Oh, because yeah. How do you have con exclusives when there is no con? And we're seeing companies handle that in a couple different ways. Some are, you know, Cryptozoic, for example, had an online event. They called it Cryptozoic Con and highlighting their exclusives that way. Uh, Beast Kingdom dropped their exclusives for the summer the other day. Kid Robots just went on sale today. Diamond is, Diamond Select Toys is letting theirs out one by one uh, wow. over the past week or so. I Did you see the Mandalorian statue or bust, the gentle giant one that dropped? Yeah, today? yeah, yeah. Those look, yeah. Those look nice. Oh, I didn't see it. It's, yeah. Well, it was only available to their insiders today. It's available to the general public for pre-order tomorrow. So definitely check that out. Uh, it's at General Giant's website. But So that's just interesting, too, I think, because obviously you, there's still the lead time on all of this is so long. They've been planning these exclusives for right. months and months and months. And so they still have them. They have to sell them. But then what is the allure of a con exclusive when... Anyone can get it, but at the same time, anybody can get a con exclusive. So it's, I think it's going to be interesting to see if there is demand for these exclusives as they come out. Um, I think, you know, the, some of them I think will be more so than others, like the Mandalorian bust. It's just a great product. People are going to be excited about it. People are going to pre-order it. Um, there's a Picard face palm bust also. The <laughs> I don't have seen that one. Yeah. Uh, if you saw that, yeah. I have that seen one, that. That one's really funny. And I think, you know, regardless of whether it's an exclusive, that would do well. But it'll be interesting to see if the products carrying the exclusive label are still going to, to do well or not. Well, um, well are, they, are they still – are they going to be limited supply at least? Or? So, yeah, they're definitely still limited supply. Um, but, I mean, you can – throughout the year, com- these companies do produce exclusives and limited supply. So it just kind of becomes the same as one of those. You know what I mean? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think it will be interesting to see. I mean, there's, there's still really cool products. Uh, if <laughs> The Egg Attack uh, Bro Thor – is, is really great. I, I also liked that a lot. So it, it's just gonna be interesting to see. And then we also we have a theory. This is not <laughs> not confirmed thing, but uh, back in May, one day, uh, something like seventy three loungefly bags showed up on Entertainment Earth uh, out of nowhere. They didn't do a press release. They didn't promote it. They just were there, and they were all like top tier licenses. So we're, we our personal theory is that they were supposed to be convention exclusives, but we have no way of knowing for sure. Now you you were talking about the Mandalorian bust mm-hmm. uh, that was supposed mm-hmm. to be the San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Um, yeah. They're also showing on their site the the one seven scale Ahsoka. Oh yeah, that was gorgeous. I think that no. was just no, it's but just beautiful and there. <laughs> yeah, and, and the Obi Wan yeah. is is really yeah. nice as well. Yeah, there's just one up for pre order last month, I think. Yeah, in, in mid to late May. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at General Giant's exclusives, uh, mm-hmm. it was the Mandalorian. There was the mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas action figure set, mm-hmm. a Tron VHS Deluxe Edition figure, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, which is gorgeous. Oh, I've seen that one, yeah. And Iron Giant. Oh, then, I like I, the Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. And then there's a zombie Deadpool mini bust as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so... At this point in time, these companies are just going to put them out there for sale since yeah. since they got to get. So it makes you wonder what's going to happen with uh, other collectible companies like Kotobayuka and Sideshow and uh, yeah. You said Diamond Diamond, uh, who also runs Hot Toys, is putting is starting to put their stuff out. Well, Diamond's also Gentle Giant. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Forgot about that. 
Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody owns everybody. Uh, but yeah, it is interesting because at this at this point <laughs> on a normal year where the convention was happening in person, we would be flooded with all of the exclusive announcements right now. Yeah. And some people just haven't said anything. So I think it'll be interesting to see if they hold them, if they I, I have no idea what to expect, if they're going to drop them during because, you know, San Diego is doing a, a online event in July. So maybe they'll try to time the drop around that. So I think we'll just have to wait and see. Now, I I did read from them that they were still going to do a virtual exhibit floor, which yeah, didn't it, make which, sense. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. That, that term has, we've seen that mean a couple different things as people have done different virtual events. Uh, I think that's another really interesting thing to come out of this that we should definitely touch on because... You know, it does to put a you know more positive light here. Uh, opens the door for accessibility in this community, right? Because conventions mm, always have been only accessible for people who are physically able to go and people who have the means to go. And now, by opening up the door with virtual reunions and virtual ticketed panels. Um, maybe this is something that we'll see continuing as a not necessarily replacement. And I don't think anything could replace the traditional fan convention, but just as a, a supplemental op- option for people. Uh, but in terms of the show floors, it genuinely could mean anything because I think for WonderCon, they did a virtual show floor and it was literally like just the list of companies and you could click and go to their website. But um, we're doing uh, our sister company, the Toy Insider, does a big toy based event every year uh, in July called Sweet Sweet. And it's, you know, uh, YouTube creators, bloggers come and get to see what's coming from toy companies. And that we're doing a virtual floor, but you literally go in and you can click around and it's kind of akin to to Google Maps where you can click through and move yourself around. And there's there's booths you can see and and interact Uh, licensing week virtual, um, which I think is a little bit more industry skewed. So. Uh, just for brief explainer, uh, licensing expo is supposed to have been happening, obviously not happening. A huge trade show that happens in Vegas every year. Uh, and it's when companies show off what they have coming for their big licenses. It's when you know Disney's there and Sony's there and different manufacturers will come and meet them, see what they have to offer and make deals for new products. Um, so they're doing a online version next week of that show and that virtual exhibit hall uh, is kind of somewhere in the middle where you can click and it's a two dimensional booth and you can see some info about the company. So I'm intrigued to see what the San Diego comic-con version of virtual show floor is going to look like. I'm just curious. How do we get access to sweet, sweet? <laughs> we, can, we can talk after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we know majority of shows are canceled. Uh, I know for around here, Megacon canceled, but yet they're going to try it. They canceled their official show after mm-hmm. postponing it and, and rescheduling month and a half out. Well, it was supposed to be in April. Then they were supposed to reschedule for this month. They canceled it. And now they're going to try to do a small show limited in, pe- in people size Halloween weekend, which everyone's going, why? Just go ahead and just ditch the whole idea for this year. Um, But I know there is a um, a toy show, toy and collectible show happening Sunday, um, which I would love to go to, but I just know it's not where I want to go now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know that's the mentality. Um, Right. Pretty much every other show in the air. I know LeakyCon that was supposed to be here in Orlando this year has been mm-hmm. rescheduled for next year. Uh, they just got hit, went ahead and canceled and said, hey, we're going to be back next year. Um, Florida Supercon canceled. I think 
Tampa Comic Con still going to try and make it go, but everything for the most part is is down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally hate. That. I forgot what my question was going to be. <laughs> this is normal. This is absolutely normal. Um, how I can attest to that. <laughs> still won't call you Zod. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Um, when does it look like? conventions may be kicking back up because right now we still haven't heard from New York Comic Con. That's the big one. Oh, I mean, in Emerald City technically is still happening in August, um, which is interesting. Uh, yeah. But yeah, nothing New York. I I wish I had a better answer to that, um, but I, I truly don't know. I think a lot of it's going to depend on yeah. what the numbers look like going into end of summer. Um, and I know Repop and, still hasn't made an announcement yet on Star Wars Celebration, but I've, yeah. I've heard it's pretty much done, though. Right, because then you also get into whether they put on the show. So many of these are so travel-based, and if people aren't comfortable personally traveling, it, it yeah. doesn't make sense to yeah. to well host. So it's just, it, I, I wish I had a thing. <laughs> and right now, something like... The question now is if there, if there, you know, when there is a, a, con- a, convention, uh, a convention sometime in the next couple of months, uh, how many people are really going to want to go to to a crowd, you know, in, in the middle of a crowd when everybody already gets sick just going to conventions anyway, you know, yeah. the old con crud mm-hmm. as it's as truth. So how many people are going to want to risk getting, you know, the COVID-19? Well, and on top of that, you know, some states masks are mandatory if you go out of the house. Right. Or or if you're going into a store location or whatever type location, uh, exceptions being restaurants while you're eating. But if you're not eating, you're supposed to have your mask on. Um, exactly. Yeah. But how many times do you guys go to the store and see that only 75 percent of the people are wearing masks? And now that's not as much now. I'm seeing a lot. I I still see it's, it's still a 75, 25 percent here. And, and the county just north of me, uh, Orange County, oh. Florida, just dropped that's making cool. masks mandatory. Oh, yeah. Well, but my county masks are supposedly still mandatory. We still around here in Massachusetts, um, it's still strongly, I can't say enforced, but I mean, like stores, all the stores around here and everything, they're like, no, you got to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, Same here in Maryland. Yeah. Oh, quick mask non sequitur. I'm waiting for my Disney shop, Disney Marvel masks to get here. <laughs> I ordered those uh, the yeah. day they came out. I'm still waiting on them. Oh, that's also been interesting to see people kind of rushing to get licensed face masks out there. Yeah. Because there's mm-hmm. high demand, but it's not something they were preparing to need to make. Well, which is, or you know. <clears throat> non-licensed. <clears throat> well, right. That's why they're, yeah. that's why I think the companies are trying to get them out there quickly because so many people yeah. are making on Etsy and places like yeah. that, yep. making I've uh, seen non-licensed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen some uh, with Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. And I mean, I understand people are buying their own fabric and whatnot and mm-hmm. 18 bucks to, to make a mask. Uh, I made 23 for friends and family alone. And I, I understand what it takes. Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't think I'd be, you know, I figured out my cost 
it's going to be like 12 to 15 bucks a mask. So, I mean, to me, I think that, and that, w- that would be with me making a couple bucks to put towards new new fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I couldn't, some of these people going, oh, 18, 20, 25, 30. No, no, sorry. I, I, I can't, I don't see that. Um, yeah. But, you know, you are seeing people. There are people that are, that will pay it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but, hey, I'm not sure how much they are, but if you go to WeebyGeeks.net, not only can you click a link or click the picture, that'll take you to the Pop Insider. But if you go to our T Public store, you can get yourselves a Weeby Geeks mask if you want. Love that. Love that. You can also get Mighty Marvel Geeks and Wookiee Radio as well. Or Love one it. that's got all three logos. Oh, variety. I like that. And I will personally sign one for thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> find me at find me at, at the that next is the bargain people find me at the next convention and i'll sign it for 39.94 oh. Oh. Oh yeah disney has masks supposed on the way and so does uh cbs for star trek and uh there's harry potter ones coming but all of these aren't going to actually come until mid to end summer so yeah yeah. Now the the Star Wars ones from Disney weren't bad either. They weren't bad. I would say it. That's. I mean, not that style is necessarily the ultimate uh, concern for a face mask. Right, function is. Uh, but I think of the Disney face mask, the Star Wars ones were the better. Um, some of them, it just was. It felt very quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, which by nature it probably had to be. Um, the only reason I didn't get those is because they were sold out when I went to buy mine. They restocked later. But uh, now mm-hmm. I know, like for my wife and daughter. The the Disney ones with the characters that's got Stitch and Pooh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they they're they're all Those about that one. Um, I I wouldn't mind having the Marvel ones for work if I was allowed to wear it because I'd be wearing the Hulk one all the time. I'm planning to give that to my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, do we, do we know the actual quality of them? No, because I check Twitter every day to see if anybody's gotten theirs yet, and nobody has. I keep checking. I'm like, somebody tell mm-hmm. me if they're good, if I, you know, spent wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll let right. you know once mine get here. <laughs> I, I think they're going to be probably similar to what you're getting off T Public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's just, right, yeah. and I think everything's just sublimated on it unless unless they happen to be able to grab them different color fabrics and then they're just screen printing on top of them Mm. Mm. which we won't know until they get here exactly so um but getting back to lego real quick yeah um, yeah there's been some social outrage in the country well actually carried around the world in the last few weeks and it caused Mm -hmm. a lot of companies to to make statements uh, whether good or bad, um, we're, we're not getting into that. But Lego did something that was very confusing. Because even when I read it, I'm like, really? They're going to pull these off? And that right. Was, so tell us more about this press release. Because Sure, sure. So I come from a unique position here in that, um, so to make sure, to clarify what we're talking about, there was... Um, what you may have seen on the internet was that Lego was pulling uh, some of its police sets, which is which is not true. Um, but the toy book, which is uh, the Pop Insider sister, another sister publication that covers the toy industry. So it's kind of news for those who make toys, sell toys, license toys, etc. Um, and we're actually the ones who who broke this story for all intents and purposes. 
Um, so what happened is that we obtained an email that was sent to people who were Lego affiliates. So what that means, if anybody isn't familiar, um, you can be an affiliate for a specific manufacturer in that if you have a blog or social media yeah. or website, um, if you write about a specific product and link to it, you can, if someone on your site um, uses that link to purchase the product, you'll make some some money as the person who promoted it. So basically this message went out to those affiliate people who work with Lego, um, asking them not to promote a specific list of Lego building sets. Um, it included a lot of police and fire oriented building sets. Um, and in a later statement that we got back from Lego uh, to clarify their intention behind this was that it was during uh, Blackout Tuesday uh, was when they sent this message. And the intention on their part was so that people weren't promoting these sets um, on a day that, you know, people were intentionally stepping back and uh, promoting Black Lives Matter. So what happened, though, is that the language in the email, I guess, wasn't incredibly straightforward. Um, we shared this email, uh, the fact that, you know, the sites, were, the Lego site still had all the sets available. It didn't appear that they would, they had been pulled um, and we'd requested for comment. Um, then some people on Twitter, some high, higher profile people on Twitter uh, found our story, tweeted it with the statement that Lego was pulling sets that were related uh, to this topic. So it really took on a life of its own as things on social media tend to do, uh, very polarizing, some misinformation going around. Uh, finally, I think, you know, things settled a bit. People started to understand what was actually happening, that it was uh, marketing dollars and, and efforts that they were pulling, not sets themselves. Uh, and then Lego ultimately did put out another statement uh, saying that the company's donating $4 million uh, to support uh, black children's uh, and black children and educating children about racial equality. And so they're, you know, using their money in that way. So it was just a wild time, though, especially for those of us who work for the toy book, because, you know, we're an industry publication. We don't, you know, we're not reaching the millions. This is It's very much a niche publication. Right. And we had more site traffic than we usually see in months. And people like <laughs> New York Times were sourcing us and Vulture were sourcing us. And it was it was a crazy, crazy time. Absolutely. Um, see, but, what, yeah, see what happens so. when that, you guys partner with us. <laughs> see the exposure we help bring when you guys partner with us. <laughs> no, it's um, James with that story. Because when I saw the initial email from his story, I'm like, why are they pulling this stuff? Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, first thing I did is I went checking the website. I'm like, okay, what's going on? This stuff's still here. Right. So I think ultimately what happened is that it was a well-intentioned move on the part of Lego that they just didn't fully clarify and right. execute in the way that probably would have we'll, we'll resulted. We'll chalk it. It, it got blown out of proportion. It got and... incredibly blown out of proportion. Absolutely. And a lot of people only reading headlines, only reading, uh, you know, quick social media takes on it instead of, you know, taking a look right. at it. But, and well, I mean, we're in a fast paced world right now. There's a lot happening, obviously, um, right. but that's you know, not an excuse for. Well, I, for, I read, I read his article. I read mm -hmm. the email mm -hmm. and unfortunately even reading, Reading 
the actual email, the social media response for once was kind of right. Oh my God, why are they pulling this stuff? This is this is stupid for Lego to be doing this. Yada yada yada. You know, the reactions were were right were the right reactions to this email initially. Yeah, but they but they weren't the right reactions if people are not reading it the right way that, that's the problem though the way it was written there was no wrong way to read it that, that's the yeah, whole I think thing it was just ultimately a lot of confusion i think also i mean if we're being realistic i don't think uh lego expected the world to read this one email um right yeah <laughs> if we're being realistic there i mean a lot of you know i think the individual marketers might have been able to understand it in a different way but right. i think yeah just ultimately it was i think a, a nice just moment of Social media meets confusion meets just a lot of uh, of a lot of things. But yeah, see, I I had no. I mean, I understand the concern they had, and they they initially just said no police sets. Cool with everything going on. Maybe that is a cool thing to do. Let's just set them off to the side for a little bit. Um, the the architect series line with the White House. Okay, yeah, I understand. Um, but then the firefighters. What do the firefighters have to do with this? Right, because they're they're first responders, and and yeah, I'm not it, sure. Uh, and, and I exactly. understand there were a couple but. sets that had a police officer in it. I'm like, all right, maybe, but the fire station, there's no police officer there. Why are we pulling this? And then the donut shop opening because it had <laughs> two police officers and two crooks, and then a few. Uh, like, really. Yeah, that is- I think I think they were going again, I think going for, you know, as comprehensive as they could. But again, I think it's just, yeah, <laughs> it's I think it's hard to know exactly what they were, how they chose. Um, that's not something they've made public at this point. But, well, but, the the other thing is, it was it was supposed to be a temporary thing, like you said, for the, the blackout uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. But, that, but that's not so they they. That's not conveyed in the email either. No, but what I'm saying is the reason behind right. some of it, they might have just been saying, look, it's just for this one thing. Just do it temporarily and, you know, we'll just we'll just do everything to, to cover our butts. And that's probably why they picked a bunch of different sets, not thinking that, you know, some people would be like, well, why are you doing the, the fire things? And her? Yeah, I would agree. I think. They were just trying to be comprehensive in their effort for that day. But it just was, I think, ultimately a little bit of, of miscommunication uh, is, is I, what it really boils yeah. down to. Yeah, it, it seems to be the big problem. It, yeah. it, it was a knee-jerk reaction that came yeah. late in the day even. Yeah. I mean, this is something that if they wanted something like that, they mm-hmm. should have said it on a Monday, not Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Not late afternoon on Tuesday. Um, True, but the other uh, the thing with that though is it probably had to go through a whole committee of people and executives and all that, you know. So you never you never know. True, uh, but it definitely could have been a lot of back and forth, and it, it, it seemed like it was very <clears throat> knee jerk reaction to oh let's rush and get something out there behind the scenes type thing. So, so the while right, the attempt, the while the attempt, like that but it, but is that what it was? <laughs> we'll never know because right, yeah, uh, exactly. Because the, the thing, because the fun part with all this, uh, as. 
James was filling us in briefly as a tease on on Wednesday. It even took off even, you know, the the timeline after that is just so incredible Mm -hmm. of, oh, we're we're just stopping all digital promotions. But yet two hours later, hey, here's the new Technic set with the Lamborghini and whatever. Like, oh, wait, wait. Signals are getting crossed here. What's going on? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, mainly the main problem is there was a whole lot of miscommunication <laughs> to this whole yep. thing. Very and much. then like I think it started out like with really good really good intentions. Right, <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't something that was supposed to get out to the general public. Right. Right. So yeah, and I mean, but, there's one of they're one of many companies who are you know taking actions and and deciding what to to say uh, at this time and. You know, ultimately, they I think received some positive feedback for the the choice to donate because uh, that's something that a lot of companies are being called to do right now. So, right. Well, like I said, I I have no no problems with, and I see the the initial intent that they had. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it it was poorly executed, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the big problem. Yeah, I mean, maybe they should have just maybe they should have just done like like some other companies have had, like you said, donate and then just say, we support, we support you and, you know, and not, not do the whole blackout thing with the the actual sets. Derek, have you seen the actual email that went out? I have not. No. Okay. So I I finally found it on the toy book. So, Hey, plug to the toy book. Um, (laughs) The, the the headline or, or the subject matter for this is Lego. Few product removals ASAP. Mm. And then it's Lego Shop at Home affiliate team, whoever, to whoever. Hi there. In light of recent events, Lego has requested the below products to be removed from sites and any marketing ASAP. Okay. So if it's being, if we're removing it there, the, the impression I got from it as well is it's going to be removed from their website as, and they're also sending this out to retailers going, pull these products. Um, and then and then there's the whole list of, of 30 sets. Thank you, Lego affiliate team. Yeah. So, again, not the clearest <laughs> for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think it kind of and it just took on a life of its own, I think, because it was a really, you know, easy uh, thing to debate. But I think also. You know, a thing to point out is that it ended up kind of becoming a focal point when maybe it wasn't needed to be a focal point, if that makes sense. I think there's, you know, more important discussions to be having right now Uh, and and more important voices to be listening to uh, than than necessarily the, the Lego cohort. But, you know, I think it's I think it more than anything else is an important lesson in finding your sources, reading and listening. Uh, but yeah, it's it was an interesting uh, thing to watch, definitely, as it took on what it did. Now, I, I did find interesting in a lot of the videos that I saw of like different like the one target in Minnesota that was being looted. The number one thing I saw people walking out with were Lego sets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But everything else, the first group of people coming out have Legos. And it's like, oh, this is where they ran out of Legos because now they're getting other things. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it was it was interesting. Um, so because of all this, mm-hmm. what has there been because of the turmoil within the country? How has the toy industry, collectible mm-hmm. industry, or we'll just we'll just say the industry? How has the industry as a whole been affected mm-hmm. in the last few weeks? 
Yeah, I think it has definitely been impacted in a few different ways. I think um, one helpful thing I'll point to is that at the Pop Insider, we on our main page, we have a roundup of what different companies have said or done or posted or put out as statements, um, just kind of putting it there so that people can see, you know, what companies said. It's not obviously all inclusive by any means, but, you know, I think we're seeing a diverse response. Uh, some companies, um, some of the video game companies have really been coming through with a lot of um, plans. EA, for example, is uh, planning to take Juneteenth as a company-wide holiday, uh, uh, not necessarily holiday, but uh, a volunteer day, I think is actually what they called it, uh, where the entire company will go and do service on that day. And um, I think another really interesting thing that happened, it was only a couple of days ago, but Magic the Gathering uh, removed a couple of its cards that were right. uh, by, yeah. by the Wizards of the Coast's own admission, very racist. Um, and those cards are now banned from tournament play and have been pulled from their website. Uh, and then I think on a larger scale within the fandom community, even moving out of companies and retailers, um, I think a very strong push to highlight uh, Black creators, Black cosplayers, Black comic book artists, uh, the hashtag drawing while Black, I highly recommend checking out. And I think, um, you know, speaking personally, I think that's the really important uh, thing we can do as, as fans right now is to, to recognize that, you know, there are these fantastic creators uh, out there who might, you know, have been overlooked and might not have had that spotlight shined on them before. And I think it's important to to recognize that and listen to those voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I think kind of what we've been, we've been seeing for sure right now. Now for those who don't know, cause I didn't know until I moved to Louisiana, what Juneteenth was Juneteenth is also known as freedom day, Jubilee day or, or cell liberation day. Uh, and it's celebrated on June 19th. Uh, mm -hmm. and this was the day, um, it memorializes uh, when um, Union, who is a Union General uh, Gordon Granger, reads orders in Galveston, Texas, that all previously enslaved people in Texas were set free. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, although the the I'm reading this from from Wikipedia. Although the Emancipation Proclamation had formally freed them almost two and a half years earlier, and the Civil War had ended with the defeat of, of the Confederate States. Uh, Texas was the most remote of the slave states with low pressure or low presence of Union troops. So the enforcement had been slow and inconsistent. So it finally, with Texas being the last to, to follow, um, and it ended up ha turning into a holiday pretty much across the South. Mm -hmm. uh, I know the South is a, a pretty predominant. Um, and like I said, having lived Kentucky, Arkansas, Oklahoma, when I was in Arkansas, I never remember hearing it. Oklahoma, I don't remember hearing it. Um, obviously, when I lived in New York, never heard of it. Moved to Louisiana. Oh, yeah. T today's a big, big day. It's Juneteenth. Okay. Did not know. Right. And it yeah. has become, it is, it has spread out more now. So even like up here in the north and stuff, it's now, it's now a, a, a holiday and, which, hey, I have no problem with that. Uh, let, let's do recognize it. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it, 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 yeah, certainly. I mean, if, if we're going to recognize July 4th and we're going to recognize June 14th for Flag Day. Yes, let's this is a, this is a milestone thing in history. Let, let's 
celebrate it. I mean, we we recognize Armistice Day with, or not Armistice Day. Um, what is it that we wrote? I know it's acknowledged the, the day uh, of the ending of the Civil War. I know, I know that's... Uh, Mm-hmm. With the signing of the the orders at Appomattox, I, I know that day in a lot of places is recognized as well. Maybe not a celebration, but it's recognized, um, and, and it's important because the moment you start to forget about those things and, and forget about your history, you're doomed to repeat it and repeat it hard, and it's going to be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. So if you remember it, then you have a chance of, wait, 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 this has happened before and we can't let it get like this again. So let's let's nip this now and correct it because we have the opportunity to correct this path now type deal. It, I'm reminded now of, of um, when Watchmen came out last yep. year and they, they covered the, the, the Tulsa massacre. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about that until I watched, until I saw that episode. And then I, you know, I looked it up afterwards and stuff, but how many, you know, how many people didn't like me, didn't know about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, to speak back to what I was saying earlier, why so many people are really calling right now for, for those, those voices of, of people in the, and I mean, speaking even in the fandom community to, to listen to those creators and those voices who might know these things that, that we, we haven't lived those experiences. We, I say we, uh, because the three of us sitting here are, are you know, are white individuals, uh, might not know, <laughs> might not have learned, might, you know, <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's that's something that's that's really an important call right now in the fandom community from what I from my my that's more coming from my personal uh, experience uh, existing Mm. as a as a fan online, uh, less so from my professional experience uh, in that (laughs) that I'm just, you know. See, I, I feel I can relate, though, some um, okay. because I have gone through some of that persecution being Jewish and, yeah. and having lived in the South. I mean, I, I've dealt with where high holiday services, well, even up north when I lived in New York, we had police cars sitting outside the temples on, on high holidays. I mean, more than the normal one off duty police. Officer. I mean, there'd be three or four in the area. Um, the, uh, you know, I, when I lived in Louisiana, there was a time, uh, for a couple of years going to temple every week, we had a small contingent of off duty and on duty pol- police and sheriff's cars at the temple because of the threats from, from skinheads and neo-Nazis in the area wanting to do, do harm and damage to the congregants and the temple. So I I understand the fear. I mean, look at what happened in Europe, you know, with, with the camps and and the Holocaust and all that. So right. I mean, I get it. I do. I do feel. Um, mm-hmm. But the catch is, learn from those lessons. Yeah, exactly. And listen, and yeah, exactly. And listening to personal experiences and exactly. everything. And I, I will say back to the more professional side, the pop insider, in addition to the roundup of company responses, we have a couple roundups of uh, black artists, black cosplayers and black owned fandom companies. So if you're someone who's interested in, you know, seeking out more of those voices and those opportunities, uh, we, we definitely do have that as well. Uh, available so what what can we what's the latest on the whole thing which i found this to be stupid paw patrol yeah (laughs) um i think that kind of falls almost into the same realm in my opinion of of the what i said about lego not necessarily being where the focus of the conversation needs to be um Mm, yeah as far as i know from the industry side we haven't gotten any sort of press releases or statements or anything i think it's a lot of of internet debate and 
Um, not something I, I have a personal opinion on necessarily, but I think it's just something that's made its way onto social media as as a thing to to debate uh, in this time. But to the the factual end of things, there's no you know uh, removal or cancellation at this point that, right. that anything official in terms of of, of that. Um, so I, I mean, you know, people are absolutely free to make their own choice on, on, on it. But again, I think it's something that's not necessarily where the, the focus of the conversation needs, yeah. needs to be. But I, I see it. I think with what's happening in the call to either cancel the show or remove the one character is a, is an overreaction to this. It's well, I wonder too, how much of that is, is how many people are actually really doing that and how much of it is just blown out of proportion. Again, I, I think a lot of it is it's a movement of social justice warriors trying to get voice heard because they they keep making it that because they're able to make it a trending topic and bring attention to it. I, I, I think that's the big thing, because, I mean, if, if you go there, how many other shows then are you can pull Chicago PD off the air from NBC? You can pull Law and Order off the air. You can pull all the other police procedurals off the air. If you do that, there goes Hallmark's, the Hallmark channel with all the mysteries, you know, with the ties in with the police. It's, I mean, if if there was a problem I have with it is there's been no justified reason for the push except, oh, it's a German shepherd that is the police, that represents the police on the show. And because he represents the police, we got either pull the character, pull the character or cancel the show. Yeah. And, it, and it doesn't make sense. I mean, I think it's part of a larger conversation uh, about, you know, the way that the system is portrayed in media. But I don't necessarily think that Paw Patrol is the example that should um, be used to do that. That should be the, the case study for this. Right. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, not to, to, you know, but I think I think that's kind of what it but it's an easy one. Right. Because it's a character everyone recognizes that that has kids. But, yeah, I think at this point, the, it's, it's a current trending topic. But I Paw Patrol. <laughs> yeah. Maybe with some of these people, that's the level of shows that they can actually watch and understand. They can't understand the other shows. I don't know. Of course, I'm I'm trying to joke about that, but uh, you know how you come up with things is. I mean, I understand NASCAR. Um, I mean, they pulled the Confederate flag, and now Amazon's talking about pulling Dukes of Hazard off um, off Amazon Prime because. The Confederate flag on General Lee and the imagery. I'm like, it was a different time. It was a different time even in the 80s. Um, HBO Max is what temporarily pulled Gone with the Wind from that. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. yes, that's correct. Yeah, but the, there's they're also planning to bring it back with a right. with a with a, a note or with a disclaimer at the front of it. Yeah, and whatever. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Which they've done the same thing. Disney's done the same thing with Schoolhouse Rock. Ah, Schoolhouse Rocks. I'm like, okay. Now, I haven't started watching this again. Um, now, the big one, which kind of affects me a little bit because of where I work, is there's petitions out to to change, um, to retheme Splash Mountain. Mm-hmm. And and I did some research because I want I wanted to find out more about uh, the author to Song of the South, or to the original book, uh, uh, Song of the South. This is interesting. Um, it was Song of the South was adapted from a um, collection of Uncle Remus stories as adapted by Joel Chandler Harris. Um, now, here, here's the interesting thing. Uh, when he wrote it, it was right as 
were doing the new new reconstruction um, after the Civil War. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and his quote behind the book is what I found so interesting. Um, oh, where is the quote? Uh, that's a good quote. Yeah, that's not the quote. <laughs> uh, it says here, I will not call you Zod. Oh, wait, no, that's not the quote either. Um, <laughs> oh, doggone it. I can't find it. Give me a second. Let me find the right. The Uncle Remus stories, right? Uh, basically, his quote was, I want to paraphrase the quote, but I actually want to find the quote. Ah, here it is. Um, so not long after taking the newspaper job uh, where he went to go work for the Atlanta Constitution, he began writing the Uncle Remus story. As a serial to, this is quoting him, um, to preserve in permanent shape those curious mementos of a period that will no doubt be sadly misrepresented by historians of the future. And this comes from um, the Joel Chandler. This quote comes from the Joel Chandler Harris, a biography and critical story written by Bruce Bickley. So even then, he knew writing this that future generations were going to misinterpret it. The whole premise of the book when all he was trying to do was preserve the oral history that was being in the oral stories that was being told during during this time so if you want to criticize the book for that then we need to criticize the to, to be just in it you need to criticize then the teaching of uh the songs that the slaves sang to tell how how did you you know navigate the underground railroad or to describe what was happening on the plantations at the time when when things were in turmoil when things were in, in a peaceful manner, because that's what he was doing. He was, you know, these stories were helping tell what was happening on the plantations. And, and it's it's his, it, it's oral history of, of the slaves or, or the people who were slaves at the time. So he, he was doing it to, to preserve that history. And, of course, it, you know, Song of the South isn't shown anymore because, you know, our generations now deem it a, an evil. And, it, and it's been that way for a while. Because, as he said, it's been misrepresented. So now, here, here, here's a, a story, a story used out of the book that is actually has no racial o- overtones anywhere in it that I'm able to remember or see being targeted. Oh, because it's associated with the movie, we need to change it and turn it into a Princess and the Frog attraction. Well, I can't really comment on it because I have not read the stories, I have not seen the movie, and I have not ridden the ride, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I don't feel especially qualified to comment either. I've I've also never seen Song of the South. I mean, from what I understand, it's the the adaptation that people seem to have uh, concern with um, in in that front. So, I mean, yeah, similarly, but I mean, yeah. Um, well, one of the big things why the movie was pulled was um, one of the biggest reasons was the use of what they call the Tar Baby. But again, mm-hmm. that is a, I believe, and, and I may be wrong, but I thought that was a term used by by the slaves back in the day as well. So it, it's a term they used. Now, I don't know if they used it as a derogatory term as well back then, but it has slowly been turned into a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it's an interesting world we're in. Yeah. Um, um, so how with all this, how do you? Why, s- my question is why Princess and the Frog? Because she's a black princess. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, I get it. 
Yeah. Another movie I did not see. <laughs> that, it's, it's very good. good. It's a good movie. One of my favorite lines is out of that movie. It's Jim Cummings as Ray, this Firefly. And uh, I love Jim Cummings. When when he meets Tiana and Naveen, or your um, your your lead male and female characters, um, they're in frog form, and he questions, "Where are you from?" Goes, oh, we're from. We're not from around here or something like that. And he goes, what, you from way up north there in Shreveport? And and that gets my wife and I laughing because we lived in Shreveport area for a while. She grew up in um, in a town right outside of Shreveport. And I did live in Shreveport the, the, for the years that my family lived there. So so we laugh that you now Shreveport made it into a Disney movie. Um so yeah, we have we have fun with that. Um we 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 laugh hard with that line every time we hear it. Um but it's I don't know. It there's already a a diversity. There's been a diversity movement already in pop culture. Um they have been progressing more and more and things have been okay. And for the most part, everything's been well received and accepted. Um do you see this being kicked up a notch at all? Um or do you th- do you think there's going to be more of a a push with that? Do you um- think I can't say for certain. I think one um, important distinction and conversation that's happening right now is not necessarily just having diversity in the characters that are being portrayed, but in the people who are creating those characters, um, the people behind the scenes, the people who are in uh, positions of power within these entertainment companies and uh, the people who are producing this content. I think that's something that's being highlighted as, as, as very important right now. Um, and I mean, and for a long time by many people, but just especially in this moment. Um, so I, I, I don't know exactly, obviously, um, what we're going to see is, is the long-term effect, but I think that that's something that's uh, definitely being highlighted and, and, and talked about right now, for sure. Is there anything we have missed? Um, with the, with the way, I mean, with the way, you know, the pandemic's been affecting things. Um, oh, again, we could talk about that for ages. <laughs> I mean, it's wild. I mean, a lot of small, fi- I mean, we didn't talk as much about, you know, these smaller companies, um, and how it's going to impact them, you know, not having the sales of, um, uh, in-person conventions. Yeah. Right. And, you know, one way that might pan out is that they could, um, for example, one company, I'm not going to name them because I don't think this is a, a publicly uh, known thing at this point, but uh, one company I know of is, is dropping one of their major licenses. They won't renew with uh, Marvel because it, uh, the world of licensing, it's expensive, right, to make officially licensed products. Right. Uh, you sign right. a contract. You have to pay a very large amount of money. Um, you have to make a certain amount of money off of that product and deliver that even if the product doesn't sell. Um, so some of these companies might have to take approaches like that where they where they drop some of their licenses to be able to maintain their business or, you know, they're just finding new avenues. So it's an especially unique uh, challenge for them right now. Uh, definitely is, is one thing I don't know if we touched on. Um, and then just licensing. I mean, I'm a little bit of a licensing nerd. It's it's uh, something a lot of people don't know a ton about because it kind of just happens behind the scenes. But uh, as we see all these movies being delayed and then and the licensing programs have already been underway. I think we're just going to see even more of this disjoint of products coming out at a different time than the movie. And like all the Minions products already hit shelves right. and that movie's now not coming out for, right. for a year. So well, and we uh, saw, we saw that. that we saw that with Black Widow too. Black Widow, Wonder Woman. Right. Um, yep. The only reason mm-hmm. we didn't see it with Scoob is that they put Scoob directly to video on demand. But if they had decided to wait out Scoob, they would have seen it for that too. 
because there's such a long lead time. Um, yeah. And so we're going to keep seeing some of that disjointedness happen with with products for sure. Um, and then I it's going to be want, interesting to see. I still want my blue, I still want my blue falcon and dynamite. Those are my favorite. Um, oh, who was the character that I was sad they didn't have a figure for from Scoop? I'm trying to remember. Ah, oh, I don't remember. But there was one where I was like, "How how are you not a not a figure?" Um, and uh, Funko, even. I mean, you think you know Funko's a huge company, but they're they're struggling right now as well. Um, they've had to lay off right. a significant chunk of their staff, and um, their first quarter they're expecting a pretty significant sales drop. So it's you know it's impacting all corners of the business for sure. Well, it's interesting to think about, um, like you said, the, the company that had to drop their Marvel license because it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. But And then you wonder how, how also on the other end of that, is that going to affect their sales because they no longer have Marvel Marvel items? Right, absolutely. It's, it's definitely kind of a gamble. I mean, under normal circumstances, probably, but without being able to sell it at uh, conventions, they have very few sales. Mm, at this point right. so that's kind of where some of these like smaller uh really convention-based companies and artists and so yeah there's been some really cool movements online i definitely recommend checking out uh back the comeback which i think is what it was called back the hold on let me make sure i got that right it's um to it's yeah back the comeback campaign it's to support local comic book stores and local collectible shops that was going on um, there's a virtual artist alley website you can also check out which each time a big fan convention was supposed to be happening they post all the artists who were supposed to be at that convention and links to shop for them on for them their shop online um, so there's definitely oh, some cool. ways that if you are still able to support with your dollars um, to help some of those smaller manufacturers and creators there, there are ways to do that too now Funko has been doing um, their own little virtual cons Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that's that is right. on weekends that they were supposed to be at conventions with exclusives. That's, that's kind of how they're handling their exclusives, right? So, like back to that, everybody's doing the exclusives a little bit differently, and they still have some new product coming out. They just launched uh, yesterday a ten-inch Mandalorian Funko Pop. So, yeah, I saw their, blog, that. Yeah. their blog is a little less active, but they're still they're still creating new product for sure. Yeah, and uh, of course Hasbro with the Black Series that Snow Speeder looks amazing. <laughs> Looks mm-hmm. amazing for that six inch, the Black Series. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the new packaging, the Black Series packaging? I like it. Yeah. I do like it. But I'm also one of those with Black Series. Um, for the majority of my pieces, I, I let them breathe. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a few that, um, <laughs> like my R2, my BT1, my Dr. Afra, stay in their case. Um, but I I need to get a triple zero, and that's nearly impossible to find at the moment, um, or at least find at a decent price because I'm not mm-hmm. paying I'm not paying eighty to hundred bucks for them. Uh, wow. which is insane. Yeah, it's insane. Um, but like I'm looking at at my wall now, and I've got one display box. I've got three Scarif captains and a Death Trooper in one box, all out of out of their boxes. Um, I have a Captain Rex, but when I got him, his box was totally wrecked so i'm like cool i'm not even worried about this i'm throwing this one away um and then i have a so yeah, i take i never leave i take everything out of the box i don't leave anything in the box usually now if i got a second set i'm of, similar if i got a second set of the afro trio they'd be out of the box in a heartbeat without a doubt so um but the initial <laughs> set i'm i'm leaving in the box only because it, to me, that's personally, they're a more valuable piece for me because of how much I love the characters. Mm-hmm. 
Sure, but see, for me, I do hear. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way with R2. If I find another R2, you know, I buy these little them. plastic cases and I put my my stuff in there. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Well, and, uh, I I have no I have my Funkos a lot. See, some of those I I do want to get for. Uh, I, I I do need to go to Michael's or um, actually no Hobby Lobby to get get those cases to to put some of my stuff in. Um, but there there's some some things I just I leave in the case because I know it's just one too much hassle to take out. Uh, others, like I said, with the <laughs> Afro Trio, um, I mean that that just became a personal preference. I if I had if I ever come across a second set and if I could find them loose. I'll take them loose. I have no problems with that. And then, damn, I will display it. But the but the trio, um, I want to leave as is. Yeah, uh, in their box, a, a set in the box w- without anything adjusted. Uh, the bounty hunters, I don't. I'll pull them out of the box. I don't care. I'll pull them off the package. Mm. Now, if it's if they're on the vintage card, because I know they were talking about doing a vintage card on some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll leave those on the vintage card. Uh, I think they did that for the the Empire yeah, ones for this year. Mm-hmm. For for a couple of them, I know uh, yeah. they they did a a copy of the Star Wars of uh, the uh, Celebration Five Suckers for Lom exclusive that Hasbro. They made the six inch version of that set mm-hmm. that I would take and eventually have the big box with the smaller box in front of it or side to side with all the mm-hmm. loose figures in between. Oh, nice. I would do that with those guys and, and do the common and whether I just leave it as those two characters and have, okay, here's a, here's the two in their sets. If I could ever find mint on card or decent cards of the original Kenners have those as well to have the three generations That'd have be the, cool. Have the three generations of the, uh, or have the two generations of the um, three and three quarter figures. Have the Lego minifigs. Just do a little display dedicated to Forlom and and Suckus. Would, would be cool. That would be very cool. I wanted to uh, try building dioramas for my kit, my toys, but I haven't had the. Well, I guess now I have the time actually, but. <laughs> Ch- check out card. Check out cardboard galaxy on on Facebook. Facebook. It's got some great Cardboard ideas. Cardboard Galaxy. Yeah, he's he's got a a three tier uh, Death Star display. Oh wow, that looks amazing. And I would love to know where he gets his bases, but um, but no, with the bounty hunters, I would love to get the other. But since now Hasbro has done that exclusive with the two pack, the Zuckus from Forlom. You know, I just had this thought the other day. Eventually, if I could get it, I will try and get that set. And then that could be an interesting display piece of just those two characters, since they're since they're s- such um, underappreciated and underdone. It, it, it just makes them interesting. And then I, because I know Disney at one time sold the uh, Zuckus and Forlom regular Black Series in in the individual boxes as well. Interesting. So hmm. I know I got too much time on my hands to think about this. <laughs> And you have fun coming on hearing about it. So, um, so we're, I know we touched briefly. Uh, just want to recap again. Where do you think the future lies coming out of the pandemic or coming coming out of all of this? Um, hopefully by yeah. year's end, returning to whatever the, the new normal is. Right. Because uh, that's what it's going to yeah, be. It's, it's, a new, it's, a, it's a new normal. A new what normal. we had before is not going to exist. And realistically, I don't think we want to go back to that or we're going to end up right, right back where we're at now. Um, right. Where 
where do you see us going from here? Yeah, I mean, I think you're very correct in that a lot of it depends on the timeline for sure. Um, I think we're going to, you know, people seem to want to get back to a semblance of normal, which is obviously, you know, an understandable desire. Um, So I think we'll probably see modified versions of fan conventions, right? We're probably not going to see that same, you know, like San Diego that we're used to with the huge crowds and the packed halls and the same lines and the same show floor. It's probably going to be a while before we see things like that. So I think, you know, we're probably going to see, I was chatting with um, uh, MGM Studios is doing a licensing showcase and I was speaking with their consumer products uh, person on uh, the other day and we were just chatting about how, you know, this is the, now everyone has this ability to, to attend and host virtual events and we're all kind of figuring out how to do that. So I think realistically we'll probably see that being a lasting effect, right? A lot of, events having virtual components or we'll have virtual events between the in-person events and things like that. So I think we'll be seeing a lot more virtual content as, as a lasting impact from this. Absolutely. Um, in terms of the sales and, and the economic impact, this is probably going to take you know quite some time to, uh, to see exactly what that's going to be and to stop seeing the effects of, of this, of this time period um, uh, in that way. But yeah, it's it's tough because it, you know you can make a lot of predictions, but things are clearly still changing daily right. uh, at this point. So I think a lot of it'll just I, depend I on personally, that. I personally like the idea of uh, the virtual conventions mm-hmm. and such. Um, like I'm somebody who can't, you know, I've never been to San Diego Comic Con because I, you know, I can't afford to fly out there, go to the convention. So it'd be, it, I like the idea of having something. Yeah, for people people like like me who can't always afford to go to the big conventions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the the things that you know if we're going to call it a positive. One of the positives uh, that's coming out of this is that people are are responding and, and creating the, the infrastructure and realizing that it is possible to have like a virtual cast reunion that people will pay five dollars to tune in and watch and and anyone right. in touch can do that. Yeah. 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 I know I consider, yeah, very much mm. so. Oh, that's already, yeah, like New York uh, Comic Con's had a yeah, couple of Yeah, there's been a few of them. And there's another, I'm, it, the I've name totally is, missed it. <laughs> the name is escaping me. Let me see if I can grab it. But there's another uh, smaller convention company that's been putting on some cool reunions, and, and they're kind of replicating the options that you get at a Comic Con, but virtually, so you can pay to do a specific um, meet and greet or you can like have a one-on-one Zoom conversation for like three minutes with the different stars, and so I think that's a really cool thing too to just be able to kind of make that available to a wider yeah. audience. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I know. Hopefully, we will all meet up at Toy Fair next year. Hopefully, <laughs> we um, had, had that moment uh, a couple of days ago. Where we we're like, "What if there isn't Toy Fair?" <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are we gonna do? Don't oh, say uh, that. To, it was uh, GalaxyCon, is who I was talking about. Okay. GalaxyCon, yeah, they, they're doing they, these really cool, oh, cool. yeah, uh, virtual. Uh, fan chats and things like that yeah and there is one actually coming up at the end of the month with uh teenage mutant ninja turtles oh yeah yeah so so i'm curious to see to see that one um yeah that's right i forgot about that one so the um 
So yeah, like I said, we're hoping to get all the shows together at, at Toy Fair next year. Uh, I think we were potentially talking New York Comic Con, but with everything going on, Toy Fair is probably going to be our best bet for next year. Yeah. And just meet up next year. Yeah. Who knows at this I, point? Yeah, <laughs> sure. New York is going to be very, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with New York, whether we get a modified version or, or none at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what have been for you personally, your, your biggest takeaways, um, and we'll go in a positive light, uh, biggest takeaways or, or best, best things that you have gotten during this, uh, since, since everything, the stay at home or mm-hmm. the pandemic has, has happened. Mm-hmm. Good question. Do you mean like purchases or, yeah. or like yeah. purchase? Oh. So I've been trying to, to to limit my online shopping because it's a dangerous a dangerous <laughs> thing. But I had a I'm the purchase I'm most excited about uh, was actually what I convinced um, to be a birthday gift from my family. Uh, Mondo, uh, Mondo released a vinyl collection. Uh, so I'm a huge movie score enthusiast. Like actually, if I had to pick my like top fandom, it's, it's movie scores, um, which is very niche, mm, but my favorite thing. And uh, they released on vinyl the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame scores. And they're on pre- vinyl that's colored to be the different Infinity Stones. And it comes in this box set that has oh, wow. the power gauntlet on it. And it's beautiful. And the, the artwork on the sleeves is beautiful. And it's supposed to ship this month. And I am so excited about it. <laughs> um, so that is my, awesome. my number that's one cool. at-home purchase for sure. If that's the case, your top five favorite movie scores. Oh, that's a lot of pressure because there's so many different <laughs> types of movie scores. Oh man. Um, so it's like a very cliched thing. I, I'll say maybe some of my favorite composers that people should 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 check out. Um, my biggest fan right now is anything by Nicholas Fratel. He's amazing. Um, oh man, you're putting it on the spot. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. The, I think honestly the the Endgame score. If you haven't sat and just listened to the score of Endgame, you're really missing out. If you're a yeah. nerd and you haven't that. Um, because what he did with that score, Alvin Silvestri is the one who scored that and it's beautiful. And he like pulled from scores, not even cause he composed, uh, the original Avengers theme and that movie and a couple of the other MC movies, but not yeah. all of them. Uh, and in the end game score, he pulled and sampled from other scores from the different movies throughout the phases. I'm like a huge, this is my, this is my thing. This is like really uh, yeah, we can tell. Beautiful. Listen, oh, we can tell. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave you with that one. Listen, listen to that. And then it's just like a whole gateway. It's, oh yeah. Movie scores are great. Okay. That's one. Mm-hmm. Four more to oh, go. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to my four. Okay. Um, the Pirates of the Caribbean, but not the original one. Um, the third movie, I think it is. Um, uh, the one uh, Hans and the Drink Up Me Hardy theme is my favorite. Stranger, Stranger Ties. Ties. Yeah. Um, that one, the Endgame score. Um, the movie If Beale Street Could Talk is one of my absolute favorite scores. Okay. Um, I think who else has been on my – let me just pull up my Spotify. Um, now, are you strictly um, a fan of like orchestral scores or um, like – movies that have like actual songs in them in their yeah. score or... so yeah to like more specifically when i'm saying score i mean the the orchestral um as opposed to the soundtrack which would be more of the okay. um the song right. songs um i will say in terms of soundtrack one of my favorite movie soundtracks is spider-man into the spider-verse that is a phenomenal soundtrack. that's an amazing soundtrack um, yeah it is such a good soundtrack uh, in terms of score, though, let's see who else. 
I mean, this isn't movie, it's TV, but uh, the Westworld, all of the Westworld yeah. seasons, phenomenal. Yes. Score. Um, yeah. Phenomenal score. Uh, in season three, there's a, a scored rendition of, um, oh, what's it called? Because he, so for, for Westworld, he does score versions of classic rock songs, which I think is, mm-hmm. is so cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, if you don't listen to that, I would definitely recommend that. I'm trying to think how many is that now for. Um, so. I'll, I'll round it out with Harry All Potter. Right, so top twenty. Choice, but, <laughs> <laughs> but also again on Harry Potter, specifically movies, uh, the final two movies that they have, in my opinion, the best score. Okay. Um, the statues theme. The statues theme. Are, the final Harry Potter movie is is my favorite. There are there are a couple of scores that I really love. I mean. Not including, you know, take out the Star Wars scores because that's right. just obvious. I love John Williams, of course. John oh. Williams, pretty much everything he's ever done is good. But um, as far as, like, actual songs goes, I used to love the, the Crow soundtrack yeah. back in the day. And um, it's not exactly orchestral, but the, the score for Tron Legacy I really love I really love that that the music in that movie. The movie was uh, but the sound the <laughs> soundtrack got, was amazing. That's one of my favorite things is when movies uh, when I'll be like horrible movie but great score. Yeah. <laughs> like the Transformers movies. <laughs> yeah. The Transformers movies have oh, a beautiful yeah. score. Beautiful yeah, score. Yeah. Which is so funny. Um, but to John Williams, I went to a John Williams tribute concert one time. It was in the whole second act. They picked one theme piece from each of the Star Wars movies. It was so good. Oh, yeah. I see up, up here, I'm in Massachusetts, so we have the Boston Pops. And mm-hmm. they, they are, so they're always including John Williams stuff in their concerts yeah. and such. Oh, yeah. I uh, I've gone to, I go to, uh, this has been slightly disrupted, of course, also by the pandemic, but I go to the, um, there's a, concert series of Harry Potter movies where they play the movie without the score and then an orchestra plays the score as you watch oh, it. Very cool. Uh, mm. So I had tickets. At last, I was supposed to go like two weeks ago to movie six, I think, uh, but it's been postponed till October. Mm. But I've gone to the first five. They've been doing that with other movies too. Oh, wait, they do it with yeah. so many movies. It's so yeah. fun. I went to the yeah. game. Yeah. I also went to the Game of Thrones concert. Uh, I've seen Hans Zimmer Ooh. in concert. Yeah. Like this is, this Excellent. is when I go Excellent. to concerts, this is what I do. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, I do. I love Hans Zimmer. I like yeah. Danny Elfman a lot. So Danny Elfman's great. So Derek, just orchestral scores. What are your top five? Oh boy. Uh, I, I don't even know if mine were my actual uh, top five. I would need like a week to pick my like. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, it's see for me, it's hard to like pick like like single movies like i love all, all of the soundtracks from the lord of the rings movies um oh, another great choice of course you know all the star wars soundtracks yep. uh um boy. like i said well the tron legacy isn't really our, an orchestral soundtrack uh because it, it was done by um daft punk ah brain yes ah, brain fart um, but still that was, that one just, uh, yeah. that's one I can just listen to just by itself. Um, you know, you know, it's one of my all time favorite soundtracks and it's not from a movie. It's from a, um, well, it's, 
the first time I saw the show, I bought the soundtrack to the Blue Man Group. Uh-huh. If you have not heard that soundtrack, it's it's amazing. Yeah, we have them here in town. I have yet to go see them. And I, and oh, I, I know and I know people and I know people who work the show. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for me, um, the Michael Keaton Batman original score by mm-hmm. Elfman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elfman, yep. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, yeah. that's very very. Cool. Of course, it, it 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 has a great companion with uh, um, the Prince one, the Prince album, doing the soundtrack. Yeah, uh, I, I actually I enjoyed both of those. In, in the, the same conjunction, the Prince. Um, I love the Iron Man 2 soundtrack, or orchestral score. And, of course, mm-hmm. ACDC did the soundtrack mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, current current one, I love the Mandalorian yeah. soundtrack. It is very good. It's so, it's yes. so distinct. It's a very, very distinct theme. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and, I have, mm-hmm. and I have to combine all eight episodes, which I found interesting. They released a soundtrack for each, or uh, they released the album for each episode. episode. Um, yeah. That's pretty so, cool. Right? So I would, but I would almost list it as a box set for the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So the Mandalorian, the series sound, um, orchestral score is wonderful. Um, I love the music for um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm. Mm. Uh, I don't know who scores. Uh, I've tried to get him on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Uh, nice. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Oh, that's what he, uh, Bear McCreary. He also scores yeah. Outlander. Yeah. I love the Outlander score. Beautiful score. Um, <laughs> and then there's, uh, she did, Jesse Harlan has done, uh, she did, I don't know if it's a she or a he with Jesse. Uh, I want to say I read it was a she, but she did the, the score for um, Star Wars Republic Commando and one uh, and a couple other, the old LucasArts games, Star Wars yeah. LucasArts games. Uh, and I love, I love the scores from that. Um, and then I love the score from the original Star Trek TV oh, series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Now, soundtrack-wise, the perfect, the, the two most perfect soundtracks is Forrest Gump and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. I agree on both counts, but also the Forrest Gump score is beautiful, if you've never listened to that. I, I have that heard it. I have heard it, yeah. Mm-hmm. The suite the sweet from Forrest Gump, is. I listen to that all the time. It's beautiful. Um, now, yeah. nice collaboration is Danny Elfman's Music for Darkened Theater Volume 1 and 2. And it's got a little bit of... Um, Pee Wee, you know the Pee Wee movies, mm-hmm. Batman movies, mm-hmm. um, everything Tim Burton's ever made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty Elfman much. Scores everything Tim Burton's ever made. Yeah, it, it, it's it's almost a uh, a um, best of Tim Burton movie <laughs> yeah, scores. It truly is. It truly um, is. Yeah. But the, the funny part is, I have the soundtrack somewhere, and, and I want to get the movie because it, it's such a. I've only seen the movie twice. It was the f- first movie that he. S- that Danny Elfman score did the soundtrack for. It's called The Forbidden Zone. Hmm. And it's a wild movie. It, it is a definite B movie classic, cult classic. <laughs> if you can find nice. it. If you can find it. But yeah, it, it's pretty good. Um any final thoughts? Because you know, before we know it, it will be four o'clock in the morning, jokingly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, right? And and I really don't feel like calling this episode the world's longest Weeby Geeks episode ever. <laughs> yeah, it's there. Um, which we have not gotten that far yet. Uh, I don't think this is, this is going to be up there 
in our in our epic shows, but we have thankfully. I don't think we've cracked two hours yet. Oh after, wow! Even after editing, I don't think we've cracked two hours. Ah, uh, we. I think didn't we come close with Neil the other week? We we did. Uh, oh, you're gonna make me look. Neil was just last week. Mm. Uh, that time has no meaning for me anymore. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> An hour forty six. Wow. Uh, yeah, hour forty six. Um. No, it was an hour 51. I don't know. Last week was Scott. And Scott was an hour 46. Um, going back to your question about final thoughts, I do have two final thoughts. Uh, one is good and one is sad. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Which one do you want to hear first? Well, let's go sad because we got to end on a good. All right. The sad note is that we lost another comic book legend oh, today. Right. Um, yes. Denny, yes. Denny O'Neill, Denny O'Neill passed away. He was 81 years old. Yeah. Um, amazing, an amazing name in, in the comics world. Yeah. A true legend. So, uh, that is the sad news. Now for the good news. Um, this fall, Disney plus is bringing the show dinosaurs. Yes. Back. <laughs> And, and uh, dinosaurs, if you don't know, is is uh, was that Henson show? I believe it was. Yes, it's, and it's like a, it's a sitcom, family sitcom, but all the characters are dinosaurs. And it it was I used to love that show. It was I ran when it, when it was on. It was what three four seasons? Something like that. Yeah, ninety one to ninety four. Yeah. So there you go. There's your bit of good news. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see some new merch coming from it all. Ooh, that would be cool. Maybe maybe we'll find out from Madeline after next week's <laughs> uh, license expo. We'll see. We'll see. Which I would love to do that too. Yeah, it's a really cool show. I went last year. Um, it's really cool. I mean, it, obviously this year's is an abridged version because it's right. online and less people. But I mean, I I've, I would love to. I would love to learn more about the whole licensing yeah. world. Yeah, it's, I know a little it's bit. It's so but. interesting. Mm. I, I I would I would love to do it. Yeah, that that would be a cool one to do. I mean, I, I know San Diego will be. It's, it's a bucket list to go do once. Um, same with New York Comic Con. Um, but honestly, Toy Fair is the one that I want to hit every year because I, I I just I love the toys and the collectibles and uh, obviously Star Wars Celebration because I, lo- I love doing that. Um, but big major one, I would I would love to check out Licensing Expo just to see mm-hmm. what it's like. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I mean, it's Marilyn? very industry focused, but yeah. <laughs> I would love to go. I would love. Gonna... To, I would love to go check out CES as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now, Madeline. I want to have you on at some point on my show, the New England Society of Geeks, so that we can talk all about licensing. You can give me you can, you we can take an in a deep dive into licensing. Cool, cool. I'm still so, learning myself personally as someone who writes about licensing. Just there's so much to learn about it. So yeah, I'd love that. Cool. We'll set it up for I don't know when yet, but we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> hey, we <laughs> sounds we get- good. So you take take away the show idea for here too, because I thought we could do it here as well. But no, keep it over there. <laughs> you know that would be a cool episode to do with your collecting episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm doing I'm doing an episode all about collecting. 
Very cool. So and on July July eighteenth will be the recording for that one. So that that would be. I invited James the other day. He said he's he's up for it. He would be great for that. He'd be perfect for that. So that that would, that would be a good time to talk about licensing as well. How James it affects is welcome to licensing too. He really is. Yeah. Mm. That's a whole lot of what we cover. So, but yeah, cool. So, Mylan, you have any final thoughts? Nothing specific. No, I mean we've covered such a wide range of topics, yeah. but yeah, no, nothing <laughs> yeah. else specific. Well, then on that note, um, there's nothing left to say except hope we asked you. Hope we left you asking this question. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Blom say say unikey. Simpstiff.